Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. Back again with me today is our Lead Pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And uh, man, before we get too crazy up in here with this podcast, we got some people in the room, uh, one of which is on camera and on the microphone. My friend, your friend, you all love him. Well, most of you. Nick Lackey, ladies and gentlemen, he's over there at the table. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Eli Fitch. What is up? In the house. It's great to be back. It's good to be. Man, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. It's been at least a month. (laughs) At the very least. (laughs) That's a true statement. (laughs) No, Uh, it's been a while. I think we went like three months without even doing the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's good. It's funny. It's good to have you, bro. Good to have you here. Eli's, to be here. Eli's my dude. A lot's changed in your life since the last time you were on the podcast, Eli. Uh, yeah. 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 Got blue has, hair now. Got blue hair. That's, That's quickly a new going thing. away though. So. Yeah, it's not it's not there's not a lot of blue left. No, not from whenever I first did it. It yeah. said about thirty washes. I think I'm right around the the halfway point. What's I did it at the very beginning. Yeah, I'm at thirteen washes. Thirteen. Hit or miss. Thirteen washes. It is the thirteenth. That makes sense. Uh <clears throat> all right, well. Eli, what are some of the things that's changed in your life over the last six months? Uh, dyed your hair blue. Dyed my hair blue. Gained Hurric- some weight. Gained some weight. I think I gained a little weight. All right. Uh, um, got hit by a hurricane. Got hit by a hurricane. That I mean, that goes for most people in this area. That wasn't yeah. just a me thing. And you slept through it, so it's not a big deal. I uh, show enough did. And <laughs> the reason that you know that is because I now live with you. You live with me. And that's, your uh, incredible and my wife. wife. Yep. Um, um, which... You've got a first-hand look at my marriage. Uh, she listens, and she knows where I sleep, so there's not <laughs> much I'm going to say on that. Um, Which leads me to what I was going to say. I'm glad you said it that way. Um, when I reference the fact that my wife is uh, both hood and hot, you can attest to, to the, the hood, hood part. Yeah. 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 Um, like, she, she'll it, cut you to your soul. She... She's so mean. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. she just, she, there's very few people in this world that can, like, get a jab in and it, like, it actually hurts. Ashley's one of those people. That's right. Like, she just. That's right. She can cut, man. Yeah. I love it. Five foot two, blonde hair, blue eyed, gangster. Freaking savage. That's right. So you better, better watch yourself around old Ashley. She'll get you. Love she you, will. babe. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, that has nothing to do with the series that we're in right now. Not a little, no. not even a little, not even a little. One might say the opposite. <laughs> yeah, <honestly. right. laughs> uh, talking about choose joy last week. We talked about, you know, choosing joy. We talked about our purpose. We talked about the bigger picture. Um, and this past Sunday we talked about the clearer picture, Justin. Did we, did we ever? We did. We did. We did. We did, and Sunday was good, man. Yeah, Sunday was a good day. Good day. I mean, it was, um, it's always, I, I guess just because everyone's still recouping from not being in church and around people but very much. It's just nice to be, you know, in a church service. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's good. 
It's good. It feels and, good. And we're like in our brand new building and all that brand stuff. Brand new still building. Fun. If you're in Pensacola, you haven't checked us out, you need to uh, you need to come through. And so it was good, you know, just being a part of it. I mean, new people are rolling in like crazy. Son, we have so many new people now. So I feel like many. we have more new people than like. Oh, than our, our older people? <laughs> yeah. Than our original congregants? Uh, yeah, I mean. Is that a word? Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to keep track of, you know. Um, so, yeah, we're just, I mean, we're celebrating like crazy right now it's just awesome and we really haven't done optional. anything like that's the crazy part it's like you know we're, we're pastoring our people and still trying to get some through yeah. what feels like at least the tail end of this pandemic not that it's going away completely but we're we are on the you know at this point the latter side of the most recent spike you know from a few months back and so things are starting to calm down a little and so we're passing our people through that. So we have a number of people that still haven't come back yet. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to see you guys when you do mm-hmm. come back. But, um, you know, when, when you have peace about it and all that, you know. But as we're, as we're navigating that, man, new people are flooding in. And the crazy part is we haven't advertised anything. You know, like we have a whole strategy that we're going to do in our area and in our community next year. Right now, we're just kind of, you know, taking care of. TC. Yeah, there's no genius marketing going on at all. Yeah, I mean, not even not even non-genius marketing. There's no marketing. (laughs) There's no marketing at all. People just rolling up here. People just yeah. We seen you. It's as if the Holy Spirit is drawing them. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well, Mm. speaking of the Holy Spirit, Eli, you've been (laughs) pipeline year two. No. Learning anything? Uh, yeah, I am. This. uh, What'd you learn? This Holy Spirit thing getting served. This Holy Spirit thing, yeah, no, it's really, uh, it's really refreshing to uh, to do this teaching on the Holy Spirit because you know coming up in the uh, in the background in which I came up in, uh, the Holy Spirit was just this thing or this energy that was just loosely like flung around, mm. like when church was good, you mm. know, it wasn't. I didn't grow up knowing that I could have a relationship with like this third being of the the Godhead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, worship's good. Susan's flopping on the floor. It must be the Holy Spirit. Mm. About it. I mean, that's some people's upbringing. You know what I mean? Like it's. So or she's a nut yeah. job. Or yeah. that. Or she's a nut job. So, yeah, you just never know. Um, I feel bad for someone with epilepsy in a church like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, out of control wait, already. Is it the Holy Spirit or are they catching a seizure? What's going we on? We are six uh, minutes and 30 seconds into this sorry, podcast. Cool. Sorry, Another sorry. one that I'm going to have to edit just <laughs> yeah, now. Sorry. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. No. That is uh, fine. But you're right. I mean, you know, I think there's so many misconceptions about the Holy Spirit and 100%. Uh, how, how he operates and... Correct. How we're supposed to use him, yeah. and he's he's definitely not a genie that we get to summons. No, you know, despite what your favorite worship leader may tell you. Oh, I was not going to go there. But. It is. Stop it! <laughs> like, talking about me, I was being careful. <laughs> oh uh, boy! But nonetheless, it is. <laughs> nonetheless. Oh no. man, that's it's important. good. And then, the, and then the flip side is there's, you know, some, you know, depending upon your denomination, that there's very little teaching on the Holy Spirit at That's all. True. You know, it could so. Just yeah. the Holy Bible. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, the running you said joke. said that Sunday, yeah. Yeah, the running joke is for some circles, it's, you know, 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. You know, not the not the Holy Spirit. So there is, and and you know, we put out a put out a blog yesterday. Another blog goes out tomorrow, I think. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, a blog went out on Monday, um, and then another blog is coming out. Um, I think on Wednesday or Thursday. So you guys can be looking for that on the website and on our social media accounts. They'll be posting it, but yeah. Um, you know, where we kind of talk about that a little bit and this idea that, um, either like Eli, you experience, you know, uh, either it was directly communicated this way or the context clues mm-hmm. point you to the idea. I, I think for me it was more so the context. Clues. Right. Cause you know, like there's not, not in most churches, there's not, in charismatic circles, there's not someone walking around spouting off heresy that that's what the Holy Spirit is here for. Right, I mean, there, right. And some there are, but and by and large, it's just kind of you, we don't really talk about it. Uh, we don't teach on uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, who he is and, and how he operates and, and mm-hmm. some of those things. And so uh, Eli's in our leadership pipeline has been, he's in his second year. And the first six weeks of the second year is about the Holy spirit. That's, you know, that's what we're we're talking about. So he's got a little more insight right now, uh, than just what we talked about on Sunday. So, but on Sunday we talked about the clearer picture and we talked about the Holy spirit and Justin, you come from a primary subtracting your Catholicism (laughs) as a child. Yes. Your post salvation journey Mm -hmm. has been primarily Pentecostal slash charismatic. In that context, yes. 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 Good church right there. Okay. Yes. So we all kind of have similar <clears throat> perspectives when it comes to yeah. the and, conversation about the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. and um, that's not a bad thing. Correct. I, you know. Um, I that, appreciate my upbringing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, I don't want anyone to be listening thinking that, that, we're, that, that we're, we don't feel like those are valuable Um I don't know that that's the case. It's it's no. just when it's nonsense, it's not it's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, they're you know the the even like the gifts of the Holy Spirit and things like that that we mm-hmm. we teach in youth and um you know spiritual gifts and things like that. There's yep. spiritual gifts, there's gifts of the Holy Spirit, and all these things that are absolutely valuable. I think in in the life of a Christian. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, my my background in church was from a charismatic standpoint. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think that, you know, I'd love to, maybe we'll look at Brian doing a bonus episode or something, bringing somebody on. You know, I think, I think by and large, one of the reasons why, you know, craziness would pop off in some of the church services that we grew up in or whatever, uh, Justin, for you, like your later years, your 20s and stuff. And I think it was like weird stuff would happen. And it was just like, we would kind of just like use the Holy Spirit as a scapegoat sometimes. Right. It's like, oh, well, the Holy Spirit's moving. It's like, or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. You know, in, in it, well, the, the some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are easy to manipulate from a man-centered perspective. Well, not only that, I think the danger, what I've always felt the danger of that mentality is, if those things then not don't happen, then people think, well, God didn't show up today. Correct. And, well, that's just not, right. that's not a thing. Like, that's not, right. that's not an accurate, you know, if, 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 "Quote unquote," God showing up is goosebumps and people running around and and all it like if that's what you mean by God showing up, like yeah. we just have a yeah. Yeah. something something's a little off. So sometimes I yeah. think that there's there's that um, that 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 I think can be dangerous from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because here's the reality, and I'm gonna go ahead and just put this out there. I'm a I'm a 
level the field here for a second. In your church service, if nobody spoke in tongues but someone got saved, the Holy Spirit was present. Say it. Period. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, so why? The Holy Spirit is necessary for regeneration, and regeneration is part of salvation. Therefore, if someone got saved in your church service today, even if no one did laps, <laughs> if no one treated pews like hurdles, if no one spoke in tongues, if no one fell on the floor, all those things, if someone got saved, that means the Holy Spirit was present in church service. Um, and though even those things aren't the criteria. There are other things. like So it's just one of those things where, like, level the playing field for a second. You know, um, we know pastors, and Eli, you probably do too. Mm-hmm. It's like they preach Pentecostalism. It's yeah. like we don't need Pentecostalism. Yeah. We need the gospel. Right, right, like, right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, um, and the Holy Spirit is present when salvations are present. The Holy Spirit is also present when other things are happening, but it's it's not that it's narrowed down to those categories. So we just we we especially at TC, um, man, we are open to welcome and have prayerfully sought after what the Holy Spirit wants to do every single Sunday, and we follow accordingly. Um, and so it just I I think so many people again that the blog that comes out. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday of this week, um, we talk. We're gonna. It talks about that a little bit. I shared part of it with you because we referenced the office. I, I referenced the office when I wrote the book. So, Great show. Uh, a particular episode when Stanley Hudson was playing basketball in the warehouse game. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? Season one. Yeah, <laughs> season one, episode five. Uh, so, um, I think that's true. It is. Yeah, I, I wrote it. I actually wrote it in the book. Yeah, I, I know it's season one, but that sounds about right. Uh, so yeah. So, anyways, all that to say is, you know, who is the Holy Spirit, and who who is He f- to us and for us? And I think that the reality is the answer to that question is far bigger than you could possibly deal with in one thirty-five minute right. sermon. But what we did do on Sunday is talk a little bit about joy because we're talking about choose joy in this series. We talked about joy uh, and we talked about, um, you know, some of the how behind getting joy. Right. And so, you know, the reality is this choices lead feelings follow. Right. And so, um, you know, you're going to choose joy even if you don't feel joy sometimes and choices lead feelings follow. Right. Um, and so the reality is you have to choose to be connected to God. You have to choose to be connected to God. Um, you know, I believe we believe that salvation is God's idea and God's design. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, but the thing is, is God can save you, but that doesn't mean that you have a genuine connection journey walking with him in a healthy context. And so a lot of people may be saved by grace. Their faith is in Jesus Christ, but they're not connected to God in the way that which they would be able to receive joy and peace. They live a life of anxiety and concern. They're consumed. They don't have joy. Um, they may be going to heaven. They're just going to be miserable the whole time they're going there. And it's like, man, I believe that God wants that to look differently. Right. You know, and we, we, we kind of dealt with that on Sunday. So, um, so to being connected to God means... Your joy is connected to what, Justin? Your joy is connected to the source. That's right. Being connected to God means your joy is connected to the source. Um, and so uh, one of the ways that I think about this is, um, <clears throat> you know, Eli, Justin, if you had a bucket and it had holes in the bottom, mm-hmm. just tiny holes, right? 
um, and you were trying to fill the bucket up with water. And just tiny holes. So the water coming in is far bigger than the tiny holes that's letting it out. So you could fill that bucket up. But if you take it away from the spigot, if you take it away from its source over time, you're going to end up with an empty bucket. Mm -hmm. It may not be empty right away. Mm -hmm. It may still look full for a couple days. But over time, it's eventually going to be empty because it's not connected to the source. And our joy has to be a continual flowing, like an input, right, where it's constantly uh, coming at us. And so for some people, they, they, you know, we call we used to call them Tarzan Christians because they swung from treetop to treetop. You know, it's like they were at a conference and then like, ah, oh, things aren't as good. I'm really depressed, anxiety, concern. I'm consumed. Here comes another conference and they like they swing to the top of the tree yeah. again and like, you know, and then they things are good, and then they swing low again and things are bad and things are hard right. and I don't know how life is this way and then they swing. Oh, here's another great church, and they swing from experience to experience, not realizing that the experience they have at that altar is available to them every day. You just got to seek it out the same way you seek out that altar. Right. <laughs> Jack, I can see, I know Justin's mind that I can see his face. What are you thinking, Justin? Tell us what you, what's on your mind. <laughs> I'm thinking that's why you can ride around town and see church signs that have a revival coming up this weekend or something. First of all, I didn't know you could schedule uh, that, um, yeah. but apparently it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, but I, it, I think that, I think, that is what drives decisions in churches to have events because you got to have them to keep the people. That's right. If that's where people are making their connection and having this quote unquote life changing moment, you just th- then the solution is to do more of those things. Right. You know. At right. that point, it's like it's more so a dopamine. Effect. Well, now you're talking. I mean, I think you're <laughs> like, you're, you're kind of right. I mean, not. well, Eli, <laughs> and it doesn't mean that those are. It doesn't mean that even the whole. Now, not that we want to pick on or bash that, but it's like because God can still fully be present in those service, like those of yeah, those 100%. things. But of if course. if the answer is that because, and we're speaking as church leaders, I mean, I don't think I think ultimately we're doing a disservice if that's how we're leading people, which is to constantly come and get that dopamine hit, or even even a genuine encounter with God. Let's not just call it a dopamine hit. Maybe sure. a genuine encounter with God. But if we're if we're teaching them that you only get that when we do this thing, I think we are not leading our people right. well. Well, yeah, and then it unpacks for a much bigger conversation, which we didn't go, we don't have to go all the way down this rabbit trail, <laughs> but then it unpacks for a much bigger conversation because here's the deal. That's not the way the early church was structured. The early church, the book of Acts church grew from daily from them eating in each other's houses. Yeah. So the, the the church grew in numbers daily from meeting house to house. Like it wasn't this event driven thing. Um, and I think a lot of pastors want to drive their people to events because they get two things out of it: gold and glory. They get money, and they get attention. It's like I'm the man of God. You need to Yikes. come to the altar where I get to pray for you, and then I get to take up a special well, offering. And then like, and everyone has insecurities, and you know, having uh, a room full of people makes you feel good well you know well, and, and, and that's just something that everybody's got their struggle they got to deal with i mean yep. at the end of the day church services are good having more of them outside of sunday 
just for the sake of doing them so everyone can feel like they're closer to God now is probably right. not the best way to accomplish the mission of getting people closer to God. Which right. is, yeah, which is why we're so driven about small groups. Why we absolutely. Right. So it's like the whole reason we're driven about small groups is you, I don't believe you necessarily need another altar experience. I do believe you may need more people praying for you. I do believe you need to be connected to God more. I do believe you need to be discipled more. I do believe you need to be in his word more. Yeah. Well, and, and all those things don't need an altar and they don't need a church service. They don't need a worship team. Well, cause here's the deal. I mean, an altar can be like at some point, when do we, when do we turn things into idols? <sighs> number one. And the, the, the charismatic Pentecostal, you know, I, I hate the word Pentecostal, but the charismatic type world you know how the people that were constantly in the altar constantly needed to be in the altar, right? Because they would get up off their knees out of the altar and go, and nothing changed in their life. And there wasn't any one person or any group of people to continue to hold them accountable for what God just did in their life. Right. I'm not questioning whether or not God does That's something right. at altar. Yeah, I believe don't that God. What we're not saying. I believe God meets us in supernatural ways, and sometimes that is at the altar in a church service or at your seat in a church service mm-hmm. or when someone prays for you. To, I believe all these things are good. If that is your solution to life change, that's where the problem comes in because now you don't have anyone holding you accountable to that life change well, that you and, just experienced. And let's be real. You know, discipling you, all that stuff. Let's be real. We've seen people we are. at the altar yep. have, a, have an encounter with God, yep. and God did something. Yep. But then two days later, back to nor- back to old self. So right, right. either God did something or he didn't. If God met you and changed you, then why aren't you different? Right. And that's where you have to then call the crap out, you know, call it for what it is sometimes. like So, so all this in the moment, were you faking, homie? Or was God really doing something? You yeah. know, it's like, and I don't know the answer to that. I'm just, that's where my brain goes. Right. And that's why it's like, I go back to, I use the word nonsense earlier mm-hmm. where if, if, if that's where God is doing his thing, then why are you the same every week? Right. right. Yes, I agree. And I think the answer is a couple of things. One, like you said, either God, either this is an emotional ploy that you've that's, been raised in church and you know what to, you yeah, know, to, I'm getting, you know yeah. to cry at the right part and, and freak out at the right part and do all the things that cause everyone to think you're spiritual. A B God is genuinely doing something, but because you don't have a small group, because you don't have accountability, because you don't have people checking that's, on you, because you're not being discipled in the word of God, which is the transforming power after salvation is how the word transforms us. So you're not in the word, you're not being discipled. Therefore, whatever it is, that emotional moment that could have set in motion as a catalyst change, uh, you don't, you're not part of a body of believers that supports the continuation of change, which we know to be sanctification. Right. And here, and here's the deal. You, I think sometimes what happens too, is there's too many people needing God to do something in their life and expecting him to just show up in an altar moment and change everything, yet they've never they they haven't opened their word in months. That's right. right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, the the I use the term. Uh, I didn't coin the term, but I do like the term like extra biblical. Sometimes Christians are searching for extra biblical quote unquote words from God and words from a quote-unquote prophet or somebody to prophesy mm-hmm. and speak in their life, God has spoken. Open the word. Yeah. Right. Right? God, I just um, need a word. Put Open it in his Bible. context. There's a whole bunch of them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. 66 so, books worth, actually. So there, there can be that, but but that takes work. It does. And Americans don't want to do that. 
We want wow. the drive-through. I need the experience. Wow. I want to. I want to come through, and I need God to fix my situation. Thanks for playing, folks. Even though we'll I be back next week. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got myself in it, but I need God to get me out, and yeah. I'm not even willing to put in any work to help to help that along. So listen. So, <laughs> I saw a post on Facebook the other day, and it was a quote from someone. I'm not going to name the person because it's irrelevant. And they said, "There's a generation of people being raised up where three, where just three songs won't do it. Let the worshipers arise." Uh huh. And I thought to myself. Sometimes we do four songs, so that's not a personal attack against <laughs> us. <laughs> but the next thing I thought of was, if the worshipers are really arising, they had they hit two songs on the way in, and they're hitting three on the way out in their car. Right. And when they get home, when they wake up tomorrow, they're going to have six. And the next day, they're going to have six. And when they work out in the gym, they're going to have 12. In other words, the worshipers that are arising don't need to come to a church to get that. Don't get me wrong. There's something special about corporate worship, but the idea that we've uh, consumerized the experience of church and the Holy Spirit to make it all about us. Wow. We've missed it. Um, I say we, the capital C church has missed it. And Justin, Pastor Justin will tell, you know, will acknowledge this to Eli and the listeners. We, we assess this constantly. At TC, mm-hmm. there were moments that I walk away from certain seasons of our church, and I go, I feel like we we could have done more with this to 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 acknowledge maybe what the Holy Spirit wanted to do or say better, and how do we need to change that for the future? And then there are some parts where I'm like, I feel like we're too loose with this space, and we need to pull the reins in a little bit. I feel like you know people are walking away like, what is going on here, and like stuff like that. So, right. yeah, I think it's it's both ways, and I don't think anybody ever gets it hundred percent right. No, of course. Like, we will always, you know, we, we swing on each side of the pendulum. But here's the deal. You can't become consumed with your way and ex- and think that that's the only way that the Holy Spirit's showing up. That's the only way God works and stuff like that. Man, that's just, that, that's not it. And so, all that to say is, uh, I think there are things that are biblically laid out for us. That are that these things aren't what the Holy Spirit looks like, and these things are. And we've adopted some of the ones that aren't and called them holy. And God's like, oh. well, some things that they, I think it's funny because it has to be, <laughs> you know, but it's like some, sometimes it's even just in our like phraseology and how we say things. I think it's, it's funny. Phraseology. Huh? Yeah. Phraseology. Is that a word? I'm Googling that. Google that. You'll phraseology. learn Phraseology. Let's see what um, we got. But it's like, if, the, if the Holy Spirit indwells us. Why would we say in churches that, man, you know, we've all left church or a service sure. or a conversation, man, the Holy Spirit showed up today. What do we yes. What do we mean by I that? I brought him with me. <laughs> right, like, right. of course right. he did. He's inside, you know. Like, I just, I, and I guess ultimately I know what they're saying. What yeah. they're saying was that was a good service. Correct. But it's just funny how. And the how, Holy Spirit may have moved powerfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah right, and I'm course. guilty of it. I'm, I'm laughing at, like, I'm guilty of it too, I guess. But yep. um, it's, it's just that. funny how we sometimes do that, you know. We do. I think we really overcomplicate things as people and as the American cowboys. Howdy. howdy, you know. Uh, <laughs> High five. Bunch of cowboys over here. <laughs> but wow. no, I it's it's sensitive too, though. I mean, and and people have their people really. I mean, just think of the differences in denomination alone. A lot of it comes around the subject of the Holy Spirit, or at least how it manifests or how it, how, how he operates. Yeah. Yep. You know. Um, you, you know what I mean? It's like. I think you have a lot of differences there and a lot of passion in that conversation mm-hmm. of, you know, 
is is it? Yeah, I just well, and I think there. that that gives credence to. Uh, I, I think that I think churches where the Holy Spirit is not able to operate, and when I say operate, they haven't prayerfully considered arenas in which the Holy Spirit may want to show up differently than they had planned. I think when churches in that space or where they just have zero acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit and they just do their thing, follow their system, boom, no prayer, no, you know, just this is what's best and they go. Um, I think it gives just a, a moment of like sympathy to the denomination or the churches that feel like that are so gun shy over the Holy Spirit because of how much abuse it has in some churches that they've swung the pendulum completely to the other side yeah. and they've made it, you know, where it's not about, uh, it's not about the environment of the Holy Spirit. It's just about the experience of the person. And I think that's the other side of things where it's mm. just as, we're just as guilty on that side to say, no, 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 no. Like, there's somewhere in the middle. And I think each week, you know, each month, each series, each, you know, every time, every chance we get, we probably are on one side or the other with that pendulum. I don't think we're ever right where we need to be. Um, but who knows the mind of, of God, right? No, who knows the mind of the Holy Spirit? Um, so it's up to us to just continue to follow his leading. Um, and I think that even this message, you know, like we got a pipeline last night and we were teaching and I was like, yeah, this past Sunday, you know, obviously we talked about the Holy spirit and all of them were like, Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, uh, and they were just kind of like, it was one of those things like we don't, we don't, we don't like necessarily go in about the Holy spirit all the time. Um, and so when it does happen, it's kind of like, Oh wow, this is very refreshing because mm-hmm. we don't, you know, we talk about Jesus a lot. We talk about God a lot we reference the spirit of God often, but to just outright come out and put it, you know, in its appropriate term, uh, in his appropriate term, in the appropriate setting and talk about the Holy spirit. Um, you don't necessarily hear that all the time uh, in our church, but to continue on with our point, the Holy spirit is such a drastic and important part of our daily life that it's important that we bring acknowledgement to him and who he is for us and what he does for us and all those things. Right. right? So, John 15, uh, we took a stroll through John 15. We're not going to do that on the podcast, but um, if you, you know, go, you can go listen to the message on the podcast and or, or watch it on YouTube, but you can get all that at our website, transformationchurch.com. But, um, you know, we took a stroll through, and essentially what John 15 is saying in the short version is that Jesus, when we're connected to Jesus, you know, um, we, we bear good fruit. Mm-hmm. So, when we're connected to Jesus relationally, that means what we do in our life produces good fruit. People can tell that we're Christians because we've been connected to Jesus. You know, like so. There's a there's a continual uh, evidence and that, that we are connected to Him. Uh, as a matter of fact, we said that joy is the evidence of being connected to Jesus. Um, and so, I mean, what does it look like to be connected to Jesus? What is that fruit that be that we bear? Well, part of that is joy which is what we talked about. Um, and so we talked about abiding. We talked about how God is glorified um, when we abide in him and our life bears fruit, right? And so we're proving to be uh, his disciples. Um, because I think that, you know, one of the things that we talked about on Sunday, you know, uh, is this idea that a lot of times I think in Christianity, we're trying to sell something we haven't bought yet, right? Like, you know, uh, and I, we talked about the vegetarian waiter. Right, right, right. Right, where he's like, I would ask him, I was like, man, how are these brisket quesadillas? Ah, they're all right. How's that burger? Ah, that's all right. How's this? Ah, it's okay. Well, what would you get? Well, I'm a vegetarian. It's like, well, 
no wonder like you, <laughs> you don't have an opinion on all of this stuff you know like how you out your opinion doesn't matter to me because you don't eat what i eat mm-hmm. right and essentially it's like man here we are trying to tell our coworkers they need jesus we're trying to tell our neighbors they need jesus we're trying to tell people on social media they need jesus but the product that we have being jesus isn't producing in us the type of fruit that would make people want it right so it's like we don't have joy you know we're some some christians are miserable people like they're just miserable mm-hmm. and so it's like man you're trying to sell me a jesus that you hadn't even bought into yet but when we're actually connected to Jesus, when we're actually connected to the Lord, when we're actually connected, when he's the vine and we're the branches, in other words, our life is just a branch off of who he is, then the evidence, the fruit of who we are becomes more evident, um, and we, the, our Father is glorified, uh, and we prove that we're his disciples. Um, so I think those things are important. Um but like we said, you know, God wants people to see the evidence of your relationship with him more than they w- want to hear about your religion. Right. Say it. Which goes back to, you know, it's like these pastors that are preaching Pentecostalism. It's like, stop. It's full stop. <laughs> like, people don't need Pentecostalism. They need the gospel. Right. Right? And it's like, stop trying to convince me of your brand and just give me the gospel. Right. You know? It, the. It, there's a church here in town, a small church. I'm not going to say the Don't name. Don't name names. Yep. But, uh, you know, I've sat in on a good few of their Sundays, and it's very, it's not gospel-centered. Now that I understand, like, what a true gospel teaching looks like, it is not gospel-centered at all. It's very, they do teachings on, like, their version of the Holy Spirit. And it's very like, it's almost like I'm sitting in a seminary class, I'm assuming. And, you know, like, no one's getting saved that Sunday. No one's uh, repenting that Mm -hmm. day. But, you know, they learned this cool thing. And sure, there's a place for that. The, the lead pastor is a knowledgeable man. And I, you know, I respect him as a pastor. But I feel as if, you know, your platform on Sunday isn't the place to be teaching that. It's leading people to Christ. Yeah, well, yes. It's twofold, right? So, so you know, the church, the church and the pastor is equipped to do one of two things, all right? Uh, the pastor should either uh, use their platform for the gospel presentation by which God transforms the hearts of people and turns them towards himself, mm-hmm. or the pastor is to equip the saints to carry the gospel in such a way that the hearts of people would be turned to him. Right, he right, like, right. So, so one of the two, because, you know, we have good close friends of ours that, you know, they are what I would call an equipping church on Sunday mornings. Okay. So the pastor's primary role they do present the gospel at the end of every message and the, you know, they do that, but the, the message can, can mostly just be an equipping message to equip the saints to then go out and do that work themselves. Okay. We try to do a little bit of both. So we do some equipping, but we're gospel centered on Sundays. So we, we kind of marry the two. What you're talking about is it, it's almost like the gospel 
there's just an assumption that people are hopefully going to do something with the gospel, but it's all kind of, we talk about this other thing that's not even really equipping. It's just educating. Right. And it's like, that's not really it. Right. Using the pulpit strictly as an educational tool is not, you know, uh, what, what we see as our role and our responsibility when we're pastoring our churches. Um, and so that's the arena that's a little bit different. So there are different roles, you know, to be clear on how that can work itself out. But the gospel does have to go forward, either from the pulpit itself or from the equipping of the saints by the pulpit to then go out and carry it. But it's got to go out one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But you, what you can't do is just always treat the pulpit as an educational tool and then just assume and hope that people are going. But here's the deal, and this is the reality of it, right? When it comes to that arena, it's evident. Are people getting saved and joining your church? If the answer is no, then there's no gospel. It's not hard. I'm not saying by droves. I'm not saying 50,000 people are going to be, I'm not saying your church is going to be that big. Are people getting saved, getting discipled, and joining your church? If the answer is no, then the system is broken somewhere. Right. I right. feel it, as... End of story. <laughs> right? That's not an opinion. Right. And that's right. the problem. Right. It's like, that's not just an opinion. Um, that that's, And you can, you can get mad at that if you were listening and that struck a nerve. You can get mad at the statement. Doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, healthy things grow. I feel as if, you know, if a church is, is equipping people to send the gospel out, the direct return of that would be their church growing. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, you equip someone to spread the gospel in turn, they go out, they encounter someone, the Holy spirit, uh, puts a person in their life that day. They encounter them. They give them this this word or whatever, and be like, "Come to church with me Sunday," so on and so forth. It's a trickle effect, correct? Sure. Like one yeah. could assume. Yeah. I think there's. I think once you get past the first stage of the gospel getting out, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit has a, a number of different ways by which that can happen. Whether they personally evangelize that person, whether yeah. they bring someone to a place where they will be evangelized, right? Uh, what I mean, there's, so there's a number of different ways. The important part is that the gospel is being pushed into the hearts of people uh, and presented either again by the per- people being equipped through the body um, or by the the preaching itself being the opportunity. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and so the Holy Spirit is present for that. The problem is, in many churches, uh, it's full of miserable people that aren't connected. To, they're connected to the religion. They're connected to their version of yeah. what's important when it comes to church, but they're not connected to Jesus. Uh, and if they, even if they are connected to Jesus, they're not connected to the, f- the Holy Spirit to the degree that the fruit of the Spirit is evident in their lives. Right, mm-hmm. which is what we get into. I mean, we, Philippians 4, 4 through 5, Paul says this, Rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again rejoice in other words have great joy like let it be a spirit of celebration rejoice in the lord let your gentleness be evident to all why because the lord is near like so um we we see that and in deuteronomy 30 what happens is uh to give you context the israel israel uh people are being led and God kind of gives them some directives to help out with a few things because uh, they're getting kind of still getting a little crazy sometimes. Uh, and he says, see, today I've set before you life and prosperity or death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commandments, decrees, and laws. And the important part that we see here 
Yeah, Justin, you got that next point, right? Yeah, choose joy. choosing joy will always mean that there was another option you didn't choose. That's right. So choosing joy will always mean there's another option you didn't choose. So uh, God says you have life and prosperity or death and destruction. And sometimes we get hung up on the fact that because death and destruction is in front of us, we become bitter, overwhelmed, consumed, full of anxiety. It's like, oh my gosh, this could go bad. It's like, right, just, but choose life. Like he's saying, he's saying these things exist. This negative stuff, this bad stuff, this mm-hmm. stuff that the enemy's put in front of you, all that is real. I'm not, not telling you it's not real. What I'm telling you to do is, even though it's over here, you still got this choice over here to choose life. Right. And a lot of people think that that is an eternal choosing. They think that that's like salvation, De- life and prosperity, or death and destruction. So choose life, choose salvation. No, it's more than that. It's it's the life that you will live. You are saved, but even though you're saved, now sits in front of you joy, peace, righteousness, gentleness, self-control, or anxiety, fear, frustration, anger. So choose the things of life that are in front of you, right? Um, And so... And then he goes on to say, but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and you are drawn away, bow down to other gods and worship them. I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you've been, you promised. So, um, you know, we talked about it on Sunday. It's like, um, if I asked you, have you turned to other gods? Your immediate reaction would be no. Right. If I asked you if you worship other things, your immediate reaction would be no. But if I asked you if you put your hope and faith into the things of this world, and then I gave you some examples, some of us would be hard-pressed not to say yes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sunday we talked about politics. Like, we, like you, Christians can say what they want. By and large, there are quite a few of us who have put our hope in the candidate more than we put in the Savior. And I'm not saying you shouldn't vote. I believe you should do that. I believe God has put you in a country where you have the ability. I think you should. Um, I think we have the responsibility to do so. What I'm saying is that no candidate is your savior. And so we don't worship the candidate. Um, we don't worship the party. We don't worship, the, you know, and then mm-hmm. you can continue on down the political Absolutely. train. Um, but so all that to say is for some people, their joy has been robbed from them because they've started worshiping things that shouldn't have their affection. Right. And we talked about that on Sunday. And so then he, then he says, continue on Deuteronomy 30, this day I have called the heavens and earth as witnesses on your behalf that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. He didn't say now have life. He didn't say no. So I'm giving you life. He's saying, no, 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 there's still an option here. Right. And you're going to have to choose it. Right. There will be opportunities for you to not choose it. You're going to have to choose it. Right. So uh, then the question becomes how. Right, and that's where we really got into the Holy Spirit a little bit. John fourteen twenty six. But when the Father sends the Comforter instead of me, and by the Comforter I mean the Holy Spirit, Jesus talking, He will teach you much as well as remind you of everything that I myself have told you. Um, which leads us to the next point, Justin. Yeah, choosing joy is possible because the one that gives the joy is always with you. That's right. He's always with you. He walks with you. He's he dwells inside of you. You know, uh, it. In the Holy Spirit teaching and pipeline, you know, one of the things we teach them is, you know, it's like even as kids, we implant unintentionally and obviously not maliciously, we implant bad doctrine into children. Right. It's like invite Jesus Jesus into your heart. Jesus is in your heart. It's like Jesus is not in your heart. You put your faith in Jesus. Right. The Holy Spirit can fill you. Right. He takes residence in your heart, but Jesus is not in your heart. And so even like those things of like, man, we've introduced like such like bad, you know, and and I I don't think that that's catastrophic. I think it just kind of shapes the understanding of children in a little bit, in a 
in the wrong mm-hmm. context, right? Right, right? So it's not like straight up heresy. It's just one of those things where it's like, well, let's let's get a little more biblically correct here, right? Like the third part of the Trinity is, is actually taking residence in your heart, not whatever. So, <laughs> but the reason this is important is when we understand doctrinally, we understand theologically, and we get a grasp on the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us. Our faith in Jesus alone is uh, in the grace afforded to us through that is what makes us saved. So then after that, the Holy Spirit takes residence in us, and that is the Holy Spirit. He is who is always with us, and he is how we can continue to choose joy even when we don't feel like it. Right. When the circumstances go bad and things go bad and stuff goes wrong, he is consistent. He is always there. He is walking with us. He is inside of us. He is, he is that voice. It's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't be at that. Right. Don't buy that. Don't marry that person. You know what I mean? Like he's that, he's the yeah. one doing that uh, in our hearts. Right. right. I yeah. love the way um, John Bevere kind of lays out the the Trinity. It's very elementary, but I mean, I needed that. Um, he kind of put, he said God was a, uh, he was like this construction analogy. The and architect. he put, yeah, the architect, he placed, God is the architect, like the one who laid out this plan. Uh, Jesus is the foreman, and the one who like sees over, makes sure. Mm. Yeah, Jesus is the <laughs> foreman. I don't want to get tripped up on my words here. Um, but the Holy Spirit um, is the workers. Like he's the like those are the ones like that make sure that the plan is fulfilled. That's right. That it like. Mm-hmm. It comes to how God planned it to be, right? Right. Is, well, all working together congruently for the same at, at the same time, right, right? 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 Like, and so yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. So the Holy Spirit is the one actively doing the work. He's the one, act, you know, in in our you know, with our hearts, in our ear, you know, leading us, guiding us. He's our comforter. He's our conviction, uh, you know. And we gave a number of scriptures uh, uh, to see how the Holy Spirit. This isn't just like we we wanted to give scripture to show you Old Testament into the New Testament. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord uh, is is consistent. Right. But there's two that I did want us to read. Uh, Acts 1352. Justin, you got that one? The disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Both. Joy and with the Holy Spirit. Right. Galatians 5.22 says, but the spirit, talking about the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit gives, and then he lists a number of things. Guess which, guess what one of them is? Hmm. Joy. Right. And so for those of us, we've tried to, we, we've tried to find joy in all these arenas of life, not realizing that if we're believers in Christ, it's already available to us the source of the Holy Spirit through him and his his relationship to us. So lastly, we said the ability to have supernatural joy can only come from a supernatural source. If you're going to have joy that's supernatural, you're gonna it's going to have to come from the one that is supernatural in right. our right. lives. That's the Holy Spirit. Very good. So, right. Yep. So it's a good Sunday. It's a good Sunday. It's a great Sunday. Good day. Choosing joy is not the same as being happy. Important distinction. But, but, man, it's important. Yeah. Yep. Man, it's important. Well, Eli. It's good stuff. Thanks Brent. for joining us, man. Of course. Good to have you. It's great to be here. Yep. All you guys watching us online, we're grateful for you. Thank yes. you for tuning in. Um, so, yeah. We'll uh, 
We'll roll out today. Next week, it's going to be good. Sunday, another Choose Joy, part three. Is there a title? Do you know? Not yet, because I just moved three to four. Ah. Uh, yep. So three just three's changing a little bit on us as the week progresses. Continuing the series. Though. Continuing the series. Though. Two stuff. more weeks of it. Yep. We're jo- excited. Join, join us Sunday. Yeah, join us this Sunday. Come out. Either watch us online uh, if you want to. Um, but, yeah, no, Justin, where can they get more in the church? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola or online, transformationchurch.com. That's it, guys. So we'll catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you guys. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.